0: like marriage and divorce, kids in college, Death of a loved one, career changes, and of course retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and/or markets on this. show, Show that past performance is not indicative of future results thanks for tuning
1: in we're back you're listening to mcnamara on money the south shore's very own financial talk radio show this is pamela mcnamara sitting in with mike mcnamara this morning
2: what a family business we have oh i yeah, love huh? it
1: i just love it okay what's coming up next saturday may 11th the topic will be Estate Planning for Young Families. Alyssa and her guest attorney, Danielle Van of DGVE law in Hingham, will be reviewing the importance of estate planning in your life. The following Saturday, May 18th, the topic of Mac- on McNamara on Money will be Investments with Michael and Justin. How exciting.
2: Does it get any better than that? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'll have my
1: ear to the, to the radio that day. Okay, and uh, this, or next Saturday, May 11th, is the uh, annual Stamp Out Hunger food drive sponsored by the National Association of Letter Carriers. And in Marshfield, it will benefit the Marshfield Food Pantry. So this week, your letter carrier will drop off a plastic bag and a donation envelope and the Marshfield Food Pantry asks that you fill this plastic bag with non-perishable food items or personal hygiene program products and leave them out at your mailbox. They will be picked up on Saturday morning, May 11th, by your letter carrier. Uh, and if you cannot um, participate in by leaving food items, then the Marshfield Food Pantry asks... For you to make a donation, just put it in the envelope, leave it with your mail. And thanks from the Marshfield Food Pantry for all the support they've received through the years from Marshfield residents. And this is an important food drive because in the summer, their stocks get lower. Yeah.
2: And fi- folks, this is a national thing. So if you don't live in Marshfield, you got one of these probably going on in your hometown. Yes. Uh, and uh, it would be nice to help out there. Uh, good folks doing good work for some folks that right. uh, need some and help. And
1: hunger is just not a holiday thing.
2: Yep. There, there you go. i got to remember that. That's good. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So now, in surviving in this in this world, we're going on to our third topic. It's investing.
2: Okay, so if you just tuned in, folks, uh, the, the general uh, name for this show or title is a common, sense, a common Sense Survival uh, in Today's World. Uh, we spent a while talking about defense, protecting yourself from a myriad of financial disasters that can happen. We talked about offense, uh, actions on your part uh, that will either help you live your life financially responsible and stably now uh, and or the same for retirement. And uh, now we're going to talk about investing because, well, that's a whole other topic. Okay, I want to be very clear that the offense and defense discussion we had for the last hour and a half Addition, subtraction, multiplication—not no, no, no hard, no hard math involved. C- common sense, folks. Okay, uh, the investments is a little bit more difficult, which is why I spend some separate time on it, and uh, we will just kind of go from there. Okay. Okay.
1: So investing your in money is risky.
2: Yes. Do you agree with that? Yes. 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 Okay. I suppose I, I don't th- want to take any. <laughs> you. <laughs> You won't make any money.
1: That's right. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me see simple. if I can let
1: me. That's pretty simple. Let
2: me see if I can explain that. Okay. Yes. Uh, in uh, in in my world, which is everybody's world, <laughs> um, we, we have this phrase. It's called real return. All right. Oh, I earned four uh, percent of my money. Okay, great. Okay, well. You might have earned 4%, but you don't get to keep 4%, okay? Uh, there are two subtractions you have to make from your financial return to get to what we call your real return, okay? So the first subtraction is if you earned 4%, you have some amount of tax due on that because, hey, this is by the way we'll, we'll get to the tax taxes are a risk we deal with every day but anyway so, so you have to take away taxes from that yeah. investment return um, n- nobody well a few people would think of that but you really have to do what you're what's really left is you had sure. to pay some taxes well there's one other subtraction that people don't make okay uh the, it's called inflation you know if if you're put $1,000 into a certificate of deposit, I'll make it simple, and if you earned a 4% return, I'll make it simple, okay? Um, If we had 2% inflation this year, your life cost you 2% more, well, that $1,000 that you put in would be 2% smaller in terms of what you could buy with it. You know, 2% of $1,000 is 20 bucks okay Uh, and so if your thousand dollars earned 4% that's 40 bucks right okay if you paid taxes maybe it's ten dollars of the forty dollars so now you got thirty well but if you lost twenty thousand on the twenty dollars on the thousand you only made ten dollars after that example okay so my, my, my you know you only spend what ends up in the checkbook we talked about that well, you only earned what you earned after you subtract for the effects of taxes, which are a guaranteed risk by the way, and inflation, which I think is a guaranteed risk. We'll get to that a little bit more, okay? Okay, the the real uh, the real return is the only way that you get wealthier. You have to have a real return on your money, okay? Okay, let me say that differently, but again, this is is not hard, folks. Okay, if you want to preserve the buying power of your money, okay, you have to earn at least as much as taxes and inflation take away from you. Okay? If you want your money to grow and you to become more wealthy, you have to have your money earn more than taxes and inflation take away from you. Sounds pretty simple. There are certain investments that can do that. There are certain investments that historically have done a very poor job of doing that. Okay, so if you want to get wealthier, if you want your money to grow, you need a return on your money that makes more than taxes and inflation take away from you and you need to know about that real return, folks. Okay, if you don't want to take any risk, you can go buy a two percent CD. Okay, and if you pay taxes, and we have two or three percent inflation. You're behind the eight ball. You 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 may look in the account and say I've got, you know, a thousand and forty dollars. But if you paid okay. ten in taxes and of the thousand shrunk by twenty due to inflation, you don't have a thousand and forty dollars. You have a thousand and ten. That, you made a real return in that exa- example. Okay, so the only way, okay, that you beat inflation and in taxes is to own what a lot of people call risky investments, or think of as risky investments. Okay.
1: Okay. So, all right. How how are they going to become
2: wealthy? Well, okay. So if you look. Over a well, there's, there's th- three layers to this, okay. Um, first of all, uh, you know, when, when people look at uh, investments and they hear the word guarantee associated with that, that sounds pretty safe, okay. Un- unfortunately, uh, if you look at the history of guaranteed investments at most points in time after you adjust for inflation and taxes you have a negative real return on guaranteed investments, okay? So that goes for CDs and other lending investment bonds are guaranteed. If I invest in a $1,000 bond, they'll promise to pay me interest and give me my $1,000 back, guaranteed. Uh, As scary as it may sound to hear, uh, lending investments, generally which are guaranteed, Okay, have a very difficult time over most time periods, not all. Okay, uh, adding to people's wealth because there is a negative or very small real return involved. Okay, historically, if you go back, okay, over again most periods of time that you want to look at, stock investments and to some extent real estate, okay, have produced very positive. Real return numbers, sometimes four or five or six percent above. Okay, we re- re- have your money growing at four or five or six percent in real return dollars, it's a heck of a return. Okay, historically, stocks and real estate, okay, those risky investments that most people uh, th- think are, those are the ones that have actually produced real returns, not without some level of excitement, and have people grow their wealth. That's how it works.
1: Okay, so risk is such a huge topic.
2: Yeah, okay, uh, l- let me. F- people have uh, four kinds of risk, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to investing. Okay. They, they only think of one or two, but the, the thing So, so here are the ones they think about, okay? Let's see, if you own an individual stock, okay, and it defaults and goes out of business and becomes bankrupt, that's a catastrophic risk, default. Okay, so if you're going to invest in in a stock, default is a huge risk and one you should be severely concerned about, okay? Well the other risk is volatility. Prices of stocks go up or down, okay? Uh, If you look at the price of a stock over any given year or the stock market, it didn't go straight up in a straight line. Okay, or straight down in a straight line and went up and down with j- ups and downs. So the upward and downward movement of prices of things is called volatility. And you know we had we had a pretty exciting uh, down twenty uh, percent uh, little piece of excitement last the last quarter of two thousand and nineteen. So there was some risk involved in investors. So we have default, catastrophic volatility. Okay. And we have inflation and taxes. Okay. In my humble opinion, it's going to be guaranteed that tax money is going to be taking away from your investment returns for the rest of your life. In my opinion, inflation is pretty much a guaranteed risk for the rest of your life. Okay, And by the way, volatility is a guaranteed risk in the investment world. Okay. Well, the default is the, the worst one going out of business but it's the easiest one to, to, to solve, okay? If you own one stock and it goes to zero when your retirement plan, your life is over. If you own 500 and one of them went to zero, it didn't, okay? So the way that you can protect yourself against the catastrophic risk is to own lots of companies as in mutual funds or exchange-traded funds, okay? So the, here, here's the way I look at it. If you want to worry about taxes and you want to worry about inflation, you have to own stocks, Okay, except the volatility, they're gonna go up and down. By the way, the long term has been up. Okay, that's d- absolutely been the direction. But if you want to worry about taxes and inflation, which I think are your biggest risks, you got to own some of those up and down movement stocks, and and you got the big one covered by owning lots of them in terms of default. Okay, if you if your definition of risk, like most people is, I'm scared about the prices going up and down. I'm scared about losing all my money. Then inflation and taxes are going to kill you, because you're going to invest in lower-return investments that are going to get ravaged and have historically been ravaged. Okay, so pick pick your poison. You know, you, they they go on both sides of the seesaw. Inflation and taxes over here, volatility and default over there. Okay, who says you have to put all your money in one? You know, I mean that's that's the the balance that you 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 do with things like that. Okay. Okay. So next Okay. Um, who says you have to put all your money in one yeah. mutual fund? Is
1: right, that what well, you're well about? who
2: says you? You know, you should have some guaranteed money, or you should have some bonds in your portfolio. But you need some stocks to, to ultimately give you some more. There's a bound. I don't. You know, you shouldn't have all your money in stocks. You shouldn't have all your money in the bank. Okay, sort of a thing. So my point is, oh, you know, there's so a, there's a combination for most people anyway. Okay. Okay. But you know, you, by the way, four risks, folks. Just remember that: inflation and taxes, okay, volatility and default. That's it. Okay, there, there are others, but I don't want to get too academic. And those are the major ones. Okay. okay? So, what's the most important point that you what you would stress? Well, uh, that you need a diversified combination of stock and bond and guaranteed investments in in your life. Okay, uh, and it's officially called an asset allocation. In my world, a predefined mixture of certain types of stocks and bonds, okay, and cash, okay, in your portfolio, if you will, okay. Uh, For folks listening to us who have retirement plans or maybe other investments, they're called in, I, I call them investment pies. They're they're colorfully multi-sliced pies that you see that says, you know, uh, here's your percentage of great big U.S. stocks. Here's your percentage of small ones. Here's your percentage of international emerging markets. Here's your bonds over here. Yet real estate over there. So you need to have a variety of different kinds of investments because. That's just a diversified portfolio that can protect you against a lot of things. Okay, Uh, and that mixture is officially called an asset allocation in my world, okay? And there are many, many good ones. You can go to any mutual fund site. You can go to Fidelity or Vanguard or McNamara Financial, check on their website, and you can see some investment pies called asset allocation. They were put together by some reasonably smart people making some reasonably good guesses about, you know, covering your rear end in a variety of ways when it comes to the investment world and hopefully earning some real return that's kind of commensurate with your commensurate with your comfort levels in terms of your money sort of a thing. Did I explain okay. that okay? Uh, so
1: so that's all. And you have you have your asset allocation in place and then you forget about it.
2: No. Is that right? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, if you're 20, your asset allocation should be 100% stocks. Buckle up. And your emergency reserves. If you're 30 and you're 40, I think your asset allocation personally ought to be 100% stocks. Uh, you know, you, you mix more... Uh, guaranteed safer investments in as you get older. Okay, the, the only good bonds do in a portfolio, from my point of view, or cash, is to cut down the excitement of the stocks that you own. You know, if, if half your money's in stocks and half your money's in bonds, you know, and stocks go down 10%, well, you're only down five on your whole portfolio, sort of a thing. Um, okay. okay. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah,
1: I guess I have some questions about bonds, but we don't want
2: to... Well, give it a shot. Go
1: ahead. Well, what's the point of them if they're not going to beat inflation and taxes? Sure.
2: They're they're portfolio diversifiers. Okay. Uh, Most of our portfolios have a, a large portion of investment quality bonds in the portfolio. What do you think when the stock market crashes and burns, what do you think unwise people do with their stocks? They sell well, them. They sell. And what do you think they buy? U.S. bonds, United States Treasuries. Okay. Okay, so, you know, they don't, off, they don't go in the same direction all the time by any stretch. And so it is it is just a, uh, uh, like the, the, the 11th commandment if if one has a market crash, all of which have been temporary, by the way, okay, uh, people are going to sell their stocks because they're scared to death and they're going to buy their bonds. And so if you had bonds in your portfolio, they're going to increase in value to some extent and offset the excitement that comes with They're going to buy.
1: increase in value so their interest rate is automatically going to go up?
2: No, the value of the bonds are going to go up because more people are buying. So in other
1: words, you would sell them? No, In your you, portfolio? Well,
2: but, well that, that leads to another thing. Okay, so so when you have this, let, let's let's pretend you had a a two part portfolio. I've got United States big stocks, the U.S. stock market, and United States Treasury bonds. Okay, just the two. And let's pretend that your strategy is I'm going to own 50 percent stocks and 50 percent bonds. Okay, uh, and let me do some numbers. There's a hundred thousand dollar portfolio. And you start off with fifty thousand each. Okay, next year, the stock portfolio is down uh, down twenty percent. Okay, so your fifty thousand is down to basically forty. Okay, Uh, and your bond portfolio went up. To offset that. So, so now your stocks, I'm just making this up for an example. Yeah. Your stocks are worth 40, your bonds are worth 60. Okay? What, what do you want to do? That, that, that just happened. You, you know, that's... If you know. Ju-
1: Re- rebalance it if, the, if the, your the, asset the, allocation the, plan you says that, you that's should right. have 50.
2: If your plan was 50-50, okay, because of what happened in the world, you're not 50-50 anymore. You need to put it back together on a regular basis. So, so when, to, to answer your question, so when you have an asset allocation, which has certain specified percentages of stuff that should stay the same, they're always going to get out of line. Okay, so every once in a while, you need to put them back to where they were. Okay, it's called rebalancing in our world. It's pretty cool. Okay, if you put that back, like I explained, you sold some bonds after they went up.
1: Okay, that's so you're the, going that, to get... That's a good so, thing, right? so you are going to get the increase in
2: value sure. in the bonds. Sure, Okay, because okay. more people because are going to buy them and drive up the price. Not the interest rate, they'll drive up the price. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and so, so my point is that if you keep it in balance, you're always forcing yourself to sell something that went up. That's usually a pretty good thing to do. And you're always forcing yourself to buy something that went down. And in the investment world, every dog has his day. Those cycles kind of level out over a period of time. So so once you have this asset allocation, the most important thing to do is to keep it that way by putting it back together once in a while or officially rebalancing it. Okay. okay.
1: So what about the time frame on these things?
2: Uh, forever. Your investment time frame is the rest of your life. That's it. Plans. Well,
1: sample. But, I mean, to see real growth in your stocks.
2: Oh, uh, you need to give a stock portfolio eight or ten years. Time to see the growth. Okay. P- plain and simple.
1: All right. And I like this. I Actually, I like this question because when is a good time to invest? I, I like this. Whenever you have money.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Right. Don't try to time the market. Well, people say don't, people
2: don't know. You, you don't know where no, markets are up and no. down, which, by the way, goes back to the, the little bit every month sort of a thing. Yes. If, if you're investing regularly and frequently, sometimes you buy it high, sometimes you buy it low. But it comes out in the wash it over the long out. run. Okay, if you're—I mean, think about this. Investing is such an emotional thing. The world is coming. To, you've got some investment money. The day after you put the investment money in the bank and say, "I think I want to invest this money," stock market crash goes down fifty percent. The world's coming over. What are you going to do? You're not going to buy any of those damn well, stocks, right? Well, you have right?
1: any more money? Put
2: it in. Okay. <laughs> well, well it, yeah. But how many people do you think are actually going to do that? Yeah, they—they yeah, they have to well, understand I mean, the game. You, yeah, yeah. People, people do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Okay, they, they bail out of stocks after they went down and they get into them after they went up and that's not the way we're to do it, which is why that having an asset allocation and rebalancing protects you from that bad behavior if you just stick with it,
1: okay? Okay, and now there's having a financial plan or having an investment plan involves costs. Sure, costs.
2: okay, th- three layers. Um, you pay... the individual mutual funds or exchange traded funds that you have they all have inherent costs some are higher some are lower but there are costs involved there okay Okay. uh
1: and do they build them in or are you getting they're
2: they're built in Okay. okay uh and then you probably have that all those things parked at what's called a brokerage account and every time you buy or sell some of those positions there's a a trading cost to do that so there are trading costs and then you're probably paying your financial advisor a certain amount of money per year to do that so those those three layers of cost you have to just be aware of what they are and be comfortable and understand them okay okay
1: and when do you get out of your investments Uh, when 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 is the time when you say okay i want to take all my money now
2: uh, never. <laughs> uh, you, you might want to take some income from your portfolio. Right. But yeah. uh, no. It, it, as you get older, you may want to adjust that asset allocation to a little bit more conservative. In other words, less stocks, N- never no stocks. But that's, that's how you adjust for, for the, you know, if you start taking money from your portfolio, you're more vulnerable to downturns okay, than when you weren't. Okay, so yeah. you kind of have to factor in how much money you need to take and how old you are and a bunch of other things. But, yeah, that you just take those into consideration. Okay?
1: Okay, so what do you want to... You have five minutes. What okay, do you,
2: uh, throw a few questions. Where do you want to go? You go, any place you like.
1: Okay. Uh, people get frightened when things go down, and they think they're never going to go up, and the world's coming to an end. What do you say?
2: Uh, well... It, it, you know, it, it used to be the world came to an end every three or four years of my business. Now it's every eight or nine years, but still, still happens, sort of the thing. Uh, folks, if the world comes to an end, what your money's worth is not going to matter anyway, so you need to get over that, okay? Uh, you know, because uh, the financial markets go up or down, uh, and sometimes they go up or down sharply, People never have any problem with the sharp ups. They have no problem with the sharp downs. (laughs) But if you look at any long term chart of any stock market you wish, I'm talking 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Things are a lot less scary when you spread it out, stretch it out over time, and that's why your investment time frame should be the rest of your life. You need you need time. Well, I'm 70 years old. Uh, you know how much do I have? How, if you're 70 years old, and I tell you your investment time frame is the rest of your life. It just got out. It, it, you know, it just out to ten or fifteen or twenty years because that's how long people hope to live. That's that. That's the minimum you may need sometimes to make your life work. Okay. There was an eight or nine year period starting in two thousand and nine, where the stock market had like a three or a four percent return. That was you know, that was terrible or zero. Or negative you know sort of thing so there can be long periods of time where things are down you're not smart enough to figure out when to get in and out you need to wait through them to, for them to come back up and you need to believe <laughs> that okay. they're gonna go back up again that's the that's the tricky part
1: so what do you think is a good investment return
2: uh, <laughs> well uh, that depends too Um You know, there's a certain amount of money you probably have to need to earn in your portfolio to be okay. And hopefully that's within bounds sort of a thing. Hmm, I'm thinking.
1: I think that's our uh, intro. I
2: I think we have to stop talking. Okay, (laughs) so did you want to do our outro? Oh,
1: well, you have been listening to McNamara on Money with Michael McNamara. And this is Pamela McNamara wishing you a good week. And thanks for listening.
2: Alrighty, folks, have a great week.